0: folks, so let's start our week with some quality mid-90s wrestling action. Welcome to episode 48 of Acceptable in the 90s. Big Meaty Cool is here to chase the Monday blues away with an episode of Monday Night Raw and a glass of something cold as we go straight into the next edition of the Big Meaty Cool Holiday Edition of Big Meaty Cool's Craft Beer Review. And once again, I am back on that Buxton Brewery tip as we have from their experimental limited edition Lupulus X program, a celebration of the Styrian Wolf Hop. Now, I'll be very honest, this program has currently been closed, so it's very hard to get this out in the wild. I literally had to get this while I was on holiday myself. I've not seen these anywhere else. But X is an experimental single hop program. Every beer has the same recipe, only the hop changes to deliver what they promise to be a distinctive flavour burst. So this is a celebration of the Styrian Wolf hop. I've given it a paw, it's very hazy, it did keep its head but I've had to record my introduction three times so this is the first time I've had to do it without a coughing fit so at the moment there is just a little bit of head left, just enough for me to enjoy this. It smells absolutely gorgeous. I can't see through the glass and you know what I say, if it looks like a UTI, it suits my eye. So uh, let's let the BPMs take over our very souls as I give this a very satisfying quaff. whoa mama that is absolutely delicious now I know I do lean a little bit heavily on the pale ales because I know what I like and I like what I see but this tastes absolutely amazing there's real hints of pineapple in there there seems to be a little bit of spice on the aftertaste I don't know if that's just me because I have just had some jalapeno peppers with my lunch But um, yeah, this is really nice, it's going down really easily, super refreshing, nice bitter aftertaste as well. So yeah, I am going to enjoy that beer for the duration of this recording. So Buxton's Finest continue to bring the heat once again with what is another tasty beer. So now we can cut to our second diversion before we dive into the wrestling action, as we look over the newsworthy events on this day in history on Monday, June 21st, 1993. English mathematician Andrew Wiles proves the last theorem of French mathematician Pierre de Format after 356 years, known to be the world's most difficult maths problem, for which he was awarded the 2016 Abel Prize and the 2017 Copley Medal by the Royal Society. The revival of Lerner and Lowe's musical Camelot, with Robert Goulet as King Arthur, opens at Gershwin Theatre in New York City and runs for 56 performances. I do hope he had the permission of Bart Simpson's Treehouse Casino to appear in that. The STS-57 NASA Space Shuttle Spacehab mission at Space Shuttle Endeavour launched from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. During the course of the 10-day flight, the astronauts successfully conducted scores of biomedical and material sciences experiments inside the pressurized Spacehab module. Two astronauts participated in a spacewalk and the European retrieval carrier Eureka was retrieved by the team and stowed inside Endeavour's payload bay. Eureka had been deployed from the space shuttle Atlantis in August 1992 and contained several experiments to study the long-term effects of exposure to microgravity. In the pop charts, Janet Jackson continued to dominate the US chart with That's The Way Love Goes, while in the UK... Louise Gabrielle Bob, known professionally as Gabrielle, started a first of three weeks in the UK pop chart at number one, with her debut single, Dreams. The single had entered the chart at number two the previous week, which at the time was the highest entry a debut act had entered in in the United Kingdom, and it's a stone cold banger. At the box office, Jurassic Park entered its second week at the top of the US cinema chart, while Falling Down was still at the top in the United Kingdom. The June 21st edition of WWF Monday Night Raw emanated from the Mid-Hudson Civic Centre in Poughkeepsie, New York. The show was broadcast live and featured the usual commentary stylings of Vince McMahon, the Macho Man Randy Savage and Bobby the Brain Heenan.
1: your stays. Heenan, and this is the Macho Man Randy's hand. Yeah, big. it. And yes, you're gonna see an extraordinary matchup, one on one, and you know all about it, Macho Man. $10,000 is a lot of money, but you can't put a cost on pride, and that's the most important thing Razor Ramon has. The one, two, three kid in the return match against Razor Ramon. But speaking of return matches, Bobby Heenan, that would take us to last week. Marty Jannetty squaring off against Doyle. it happens here tonight, but this time, out of three falls. <laughs> you got on right? Bobby barrel of laughs. Here we go with Monday Night Raw. The following tag team contest is scheduled for one fall. me tell the aisle from the Michigan, a of Tyley he's been doing his numbers and figuring out the other guy's just a, his brother's a complete moron. And then to, so this is like the stock market crash of 29. PBRC IRS not being champions.
0: So folks, as you will have heard there, we have new WWF World Tag Team champions, the Steiner Brothers. In fact, they were two-time champions in the space of a week. The night after the king of the Ring pay-per-view at the Mammoth June 14, 1993 television tapings, The Steiner's defeated Money Inc for the WWF Tag Team Championships in Columbus, Ohio. Money Inc regained the titles on June the 16th at a house show in Rockford, Illinois, but lost the titles to The Steiner's once again at another house show on June the 19th, 1993 in St. Louis, Missouri. To celebrate this achievement, they're going to absolutely demolish Barry Hardy And Reno Riggins. Scott starts off by overpowering Riggins, as you would expect. The announcers talk about the Stars and Stripes challenge, as Rick is now in the ring with Hardy. Rick rams Hardy into the corner as the announcers talk about the King of the Ring pay-per-view. The Steiners stay in control before Scott uses the Frankensteiner on Riggins for the win in 3 minutes and 51 seconds. Riggins landed right on his head on the finish which not only looked nasty but also looked like Scott Steiner was going to kick his head in backstage after the match. Also noteworthy was that Ted DiBiase had given notice to the company to work for All Japan Pro Wrestling. According to the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter DiBiase was finishing up with a WWF at SummerSlam before working a 20 week programme with All Japan. We'll have him for a month or two at least but this was just a a standard jobber squash. But the belts have gone to a worthy team that will hopefully defend the titles more regularly. Match number two is one of tonight's featured contests as former Intercontinental Champion Party Marti Giannetti and Doink the Clown face off in a rematch from last week's Raw in a two out of three falls contest. Doink comes to the ring first on a unicycle and stalls for a bit before attacking Marty as the announcers put over his wrestling ability. Marty takes Doink down with a monkey flip after an Irish whip sequence before Doink retreats to the corner. Doink gets in Marty's face and eggs him on, but Marty ducks a clothesline before faking him out after a crisscross, leading to a body slam as Marty now uses head games to mess with Doink. Marty works the arm as the announcers talk about the two Doinks before Vince says that Mr Hughes will be in action later on in the show. Marty uses a monkey flip in the corner for two but Doink comes back and rakes the eyes. Marty fights back but misses an attack in the corner and then Doink climbs on the top for a sit down splash for the first fall at 7 minutes and 16 seconds. Doink hammers away on Marty before kicking him in the face. Doink whips Marty hard into the corner before mockingly saying that he's sorry and then slapping him around. Marty rolls outside and then Doink flies out with an attack. Doink knocks Marty back outside as Vince Doink knocks Marty back outside as Vince mentions that Bill Frelick will take part in the Stars and Stripes Challenge and all professional sports leagues will be represented. The crowd gets behind Marty as he's in a chin lock. Marty escapes though and then they fight over a suplex until he wins that battle and then Marty heads up top but gets down after being ordered by the referee. Marty drills Doink with a super kick that you could have heard from Rochdale but Doink gets his foot on the ropes. Marty then uses a mat slam and heads back up top for the flying fist drop to capture the second fall in 11 minutes and 54 seconds. So we're now tied at the third fall and Doink is begging for mercy but Marty hits a clothesline for two. Doink rolls out and drags Marty down before ramming his leg against the post a few times. Doink now uses the figure four as the crowd is chanting for Marty. The hold gets reversed, but Doink crawls to the ropes as the announcers say that Marty cannot use any high flying now since his leg has been injured. Doink targets the leg and then heads up top, but Marty is able to slam him back down. Marty hits a jumping back elbow smash before landing mounted punches in the corner. However we see a second Doink run down the aisle and crawl underneath the ring as Heenan claims to have not seen what happened. Good on you Bobby, keep kayfabe. Marty then listens to the fans as they point underneath the ring and then heads out and wanders around until Doink boots him down. Doink then whips Marty into the post but they head back inside where Marty drop kicks Doink out of the ring. Doink then crawls underneath the ring as Marty was talking to the referee, then that Doink heads back into the ring. Marty kicks him in the gut and then forces him outside. Doink rolls underneath and then the other Doink comes out, Try and keep up, and then Marty uses a small package for two. However, Doink breaks the eyes and then hits a pile driver for the win. We then see an irate savage get up and exposes to the referees that there were two Doinks, causing the decision to be reversed as Marty wins the third fall in 20 minutes and 38 seconds. Both guys worked brilliantly and gave an absolute masterclass in psychology. Once again, Doink's cheating was exposed, causing the decision to be reversed. Marty made sure not to suffer from Crush's two Doink's affliction. Raw continues to hype up these amazing mini-feuds that play over a few weeks and seem to be hinting that Randy Savage and Doink may be doing something. Which could be fun.
1: What are they talking about? Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Ica Pro, you've got to want it. New WWF figures give you the power of Hulkamania, the knockout punch of Virgil, the audacity of IRS and the madness of the Macho Man. Collect new WWF figures now, Sold separately, dig it? Tell me what was going on. What were you doing over there talking doins. to those guys? I, well, well I, had to go, I, 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 I had to go ask What them. were you saying to them? Well, I didn't say anything. I wanted to know this is the first time I see two doinks. Who is that doing I was asking as a broadcast journalist- Yeah, right. You know, Give I'm us not. the well, scoop. I wasn't- You right here on Monday Night Raw. One, two, three, kid in the return match against Razor Ramon. Yes, yes. yes, 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 yes so what, ladies and gentlemen, so what? in return, it's Mr. Hugh.
0: Hello, folks. Genial Daniel McGeekaland here, and I can't believe the gall of Doink the Clown to brazenly cheat like that. Huh. Such a fucking motherfucker. I'm just glad that the Macho Man had cleaned his glasses this week. Folks, we return to ringside, and big meaty cool. Thank you, Daniel, but do try to watch the language. We are a family podcast. Match 3 sees the new owner of The Undertaker's urn, Mr Hughes, accompanied by Harvey Whippleman, take on an opportunity for Heenan and Vince to do their best Abbott and Costello act as he faces Bobby Who. As alluded to, we start with some Who's On First style comedy that would make Rob the Knob Bartlett shake his head in disgust. Hughes beats down Who and then busts out a dropkick. Hughes pulls up Who after a gut-wrench suplex as we hear a boring chant from the crowd, while Vince plugs how all three of the Porky's movies will be on USA this weekend. We know what he's doing with his Saturday, don't we, lads? Hughes stays in control and then uses the sidewalk slam for the win in three minutes and one second. Mr Hughes's look is excellent. And in WCW prior to this time showed an awful lot of athleticism. Here, though, he's just being a generic, plodding power guy and his matches are really starting to get boring, which was evident here as the crowd really showed their disinterest. I hope this changes because Mr Hughes is a really underrated talent who was signed by the big two at several times for a reason.
1: All right, Bobby Heenan. You're headed to the Intrepid, the USS Intrepid, this Sunday for all American, tell us about it. Well, I'm gonna take Gene Okerlund and I'm gonna tie that miserable little run to an anchor and I'm gonna heave him overboard. How do you like that? I don't like that at all. We're talking about the setting of course for USA versus Yokozuna, the Stars and Stripes Challenge. We mentioned some of the athletes from all walks of life are gonna be there in addition to the Steiner Brothers stepping up to the plate. I believe Crush is going to be there and you know who's gonna be there. Independence Day is gonna be a victory for the USA, I can feel it, yeah.
0: Go up to ringside. Well, the Stars and Stripes Challenge will be taking place on the USS Intrepid, it seems. If this event happened to have been televised, I'll try and find it and be sure to review it. Our main event of the evening sees Razor Ramon, with $10,000 in hand, attempt to get his win back from hot young upstart, the 1-2-3 kid. The crowd chants 1-2-3 and then we see the kid duck a swing on the apron, and come in with a top rope sunset flip for a near fall. The kid then gets two with a spinning heel kick and lands a few more kicks, until he's caught with a fallaway slam. Razor now beats on kid and plants him with a uranagi. Razor toys with Sid before using a power slam, and then pulls up the floor mats to set up for a razor's edge, but the kid counters with a backdrop before heading up top, but crashes and burns after a plancher. Razor rolls Kid back inside but misses a charge in the corner before the Kid uses a moonsault block for a near fall, the same move that he used to beat Razor. Kid then rolls out and grabs the bag of money and runs backstage with Razor chasing after him. The Kid leaves the arena and into a car waiting outside as Razor is absolutely P.O.'d as the match is ruled a no contest in 5 minutes and 14 seconds. So it looks like this feud's going to continue. And there was some really fun psychology again for this match with the kid trying to get a quick pin over Razor. I absolutely love where this feud is going.
1: All right Razor Ramon, that young man just grabbed $10,000 of your money and he took off! Silencio. Nobody rips off the bad guy. A stick man. You can run, Chico, but you cannot hide. Razor is after you. But will you catch him, Razor Ramon? He's $10,000 richer. Paid for by the following New WWF figures. Give you the power of Wokomania, the knockoff punch of Virgil, the audacity of IRS, and the madness of the Macho Man. Collect new WWF figures now. Sold separately. Dig it. We're back with our Monday Night Raw, and how about that next week, by the way? It's a night of champions, Joe Kozuna, the WWF champion schedule. to will be right here with a special interview, and Shawn Michaels will defend the Intercontinental Championship against Ugandan Kamala. What a night it's gonna be next week on Monday Night Raw. And you're looking for a night? Well, why don't you tune in tomorrow night, it's the WWF King of the Ring Encore, you don't want to miss it if you missed it before, and I'll hit your way tomorrow night on pay-per-view, View, 8 o'clock Eastern and Pacific, the WWF King of the Ring.
0: And now we go to my final thoughts. Night is starting to stake its claim for being must-see TV. We got two excellent matches, an inoffensive single squash and the sight of new tag team champions. As I said before, the mini-feud concept is absolutely brilliant and this crowd were pretty decent as well. It's still early days for Raw, but while the in-ring is very good, the show might benefit from going out of New York sometimes and seeing how the out-of-town crowds are perceiving the product, but no complaints from me for this week.
1: We're gonna rock you, suckers, like this.
0: <laughs> the match of the night was the two-out-of-three falls match. It had a little bit of everything as two excellent workers got the bulk of the show's time to put on the clinic. Could Doink the Clown or Marty Jannetty be an outside bet for 1993's Best Bout Machine? You decide. The The star of the night was Razor Ramon. Scott Hall is really leaning into this programme with Sean Waltman, and the fans are loving it as well. This is a man who absolutely belongs on Monday nights, and is really making this character his own. Sean Waltman was a close second though. He was awesome in this underdog role. The highlight of the night is really just the overall flow of the show. Commentary is finding its groove. The pacing of everything is tight. The crowd are appreciative of everything. And the silliness is largely kept to a minimum most weeks. You'll love to see it. And there's no more light for me this week. You may have one, but I didn't. I was even pleased to have Mr Hughes on TV, in spite of the match. So folks, we will be back to normal next week, covering the weekend's action as well as Raw, so make yourselves an extra cup of tea. However guys, have a lovely week, and in the meantime and in between time, stay beefy! meat mm, sider. cider!